0: Hi, I'm Casey Candela. And I'm Stephanie Fillion. And welcome to Unscripted. Today, the globalists and the patriots faced off on the international stage at the UN General Assembly. And 16-year-old climate activist Greta Thunberg stole the show at the Climate Action Summit. Did her anger convince world leaders to act? Our team of journalists was at headquarters all week to capture the most important moments. This is the fifth episode of Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations and beyond the scripted debates to the people at the heart of it all, the diplomats and the reporters covering them. Welcome to our favorite week of the year, UNGA. It is like the Oscars of international politics. For more than a week now, New York City has been teeming with diplomats and leaders from all over the world. If you've been to East Midtown, you've probably walked past a president, prime minister, or even a prince.
1: Yes, covering the UN is for sure different this week. There's the fact that it takes us almost an hour to get inside a building. But once you're here, there's no telling who you'll run into. I've personally run into Turkey's President Erdogan, Palestinian Authority Abbas, and Francis Macron.
0: And of course, President Trump was here. So let's start by talking about President Trump. Everyone was watching to see how he'd interact with the president of Ukraine and whether he'd chat with Iran. Trump's impeachment investigation cast a shadow over his GA speech, but we're going to focus on what's relevant more globally. Stephanie, what did you think of his speech? It's unclear if Trump knew about the investigation or not
1: when he spoke in front of the General Assembly, because even though the content of his speech was not really surprising, President Trump's tone was different. He sounded sort of subdued. There were even pictures that went viral after it on the internet of his Secretary of Commerce, Wilbur Ross, looking asleep, and a Venezuelan representative reading a book about Simón Bolivar. But what was different about Trump's speech also was its writing. It was more polished than usual, even sometimes poetic. Have a listen.
2: The essential divide that runs all around the world and throughout history is once again thrown into stark relief. It is the divide between those whose thirst for control deludes them into thinking they are destined to rule over others and those people and nations who want only to rule themselves.
1: But, of course, Trump's speech still sent a strong message to Iran, migrants, and Venezuela.
2: To anyone conducting crossings of our border illegally, please hear these words. Do not pay the smugglers. Do not pay the coyotes. Do not put yourself in danger. Do not put your children in danger. Because if you make it here, you will not be allowed in. You will be promptly returned home. You will not be released into our country. As long as I am President of the United States, we will enforce our laws and protect our borders.
0: I found this part of his speech so fascinating because he argued that the way to prosperity is not by coming to America, but by staying in one's own country and building it up. Now, President Trump spoke after Brazilian President Bolsonaro, and Stephanie, you saw some similarities between their speeches. Yeah, they definitely had some things in common.
1: As you know, President Bolsonaro is a big fan of President Trump, and there have been some interactions between Trump's former campaign aide, Steve Bannon, and Bolsonaro. His son, Eduardo, is at the head of a local Bannon organization in Brazil, on the far right of the political spectrum, so it wasn't really surprising for Bolsonaro to have a Trump-like speech at the UN. It was a strong aggressive opening of the high-level debate. Bolsonaro and Trump both appealed to the people's fear of socialism, attacked the media and NGOs, and also appealed to religious audience. And the sentence that really stood out from Trump's speech is when he said,
2: The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. The future belongs to sovereign and independent nations who protect their citizens, respect their neighbors, And honor the differences that make each country special and unique.
1: And I think that by listening to Trump and Bolsonaro, we definitely listen to the patriot side of the world order.
0: And another big topic was Iran. So the situation before the General Assembly was very tense between Washington and Tehran. There was an attack on Saudi Arabia's oil facility, and the United States accused Iran of being behind it. Iran said before the General Assembly that its president, Hassan Rouhani, was not planning to meet with Trump. Stephanie, has anything changed?
1: The short answer is no. European leaders met with Iran's foreign minister Zarif to try to save the nuclear deal with Iran called the GCPOA. Trump was aggressive in his speech toward Iran, you know, kind of mentioning how strong the US military was and saying he hoped not to have to
0: use it, implying he's ready to do so. Right. And then Rouhani came to the podium with a clear message to the U.S. that Iran is fed up. He even accused Washington of committing economic terrorism a few hours after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced new sanctions against Iran's largest oil customer. So as of now, it doesn't look like there's been much progress on Iran-U.S. relations. It looks like the stalemate is going to last. At least one person who must be disappointed by this is Emmanuel Macron.
1: That's correct. Before the GA, an expert said that there will always be a French diplomat ready to stand up internationally. French, after all, is the official language of diplomacy. Macron is this guy. He spent two days in New York City as the defender of multilateralism, peace and courage. At least that was the message of his speech.
0: And a big topic for Macron at the climate summit was the Amazon. He came with a delegation from French Guyana, an overseas department of France, to, you know, reinforce France's intervention in the burning rainforest. Brazil did not attend that Rainforest Alliance meeting. France also held meetings on the Sahel in West Africa, multilateralism with Germany, and also Libya. So President Macron is trying to show strength and leadership internationally, But at home, he remains quite unpopular. Stephanie, were there any other speeches that stood out to you? So far, Turkish President
1: Erdogan's speech was really fascinating to me. You know, Erdogan is highly criticized at home. He's definitely weakened the rule of law, freedom of speech, and oppressed the Kurdish minority. But at the UN, especially funding Trump and Bolsonaro, sort of nationalistic speeches, he came out as very moderate, even tolerant. He presented himself as the savior of the Muslim world, but also criticized attacks against Christian and Jews. What I thought was also interesting was his use of illustrations. You know, he came on stage with maps and pictures, wanting to make a point. He really wanted to tell the international community that Turkey has taken the most Syrian refugees, and they're still there. And Turkey wants a plan for them to go back home. He also held up a map showing the evolution of Israel's territory since 1948.
3: We are standing at a point where words are not sufficient. I'm quite curious. What about this map of Israel? Where is Israel? Where does the land of Israel begin and end? Look at this map.
1: Edouard's point is that Israel's territorial expansion is illegal and he's using Israel's Netanyahu tactic against him. Benjamin Netanyahu generally brings visuals with him. He really masters the art of poor print slides.
0: So shifting gears, another thing worth mentioning is UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson.
4: Mr. President, Your Excellencies, ladies and gentlemen, faithful late night audience.
0: He was added to the speaker's list on Monday last minute so he could get home to manage a growing crisis. Britain's highest court ruled his suspension of parliament was illegal. He ended up speaking at the UN at about 10 p.m. and focused on the way the world is being disrupted by technology.
4: In the digital age, you may keep your secrets from your friends, from your parents, your children, your doctor, even your personal trainer. But it takes real effort to conceal your thoughts from Google. And if that is true today, in future, there may be nowhere to hide. Smart cities will pollulate with sensors, all joined together by the internet of things. Bollards communing invisibly with lampposts, so there is always a parking space for your electric car, so that no bin goes unemptied, no street unswept, and the urban environment is as antiseptic as a Zurich pharmacy. But this technology could also be used to keep every citizen under round-the-clock surveillance. A future Alexa will pretend to take orders, but this Alexa will be watching you, clucking her tongue and stamping her foot.
1: His speech was mesmerizing. But the decision to talk about technology instead of multilateralism received some pushback. Maybe it was a way of not talking about Brexit or keep the audience awake. And in a way, his speech was nationalistic because he boasted Britain's technological innovation. But it definitely stood out to a UN audience used to hearing about
0: conflicts in the Middle East, climate change, and the crisis in Kashmir. And finally, an overarching theme of many country speeches was climate change. New Zealand, Croatia, Nigeria, they all focused on it. So let's take a look at what happened at the Climate Action Summit, a major part of UNGA this year, that took place on Monday. Next, we hear from Sona Lee. She's our colleague at Pass Blue and spent her UNGA week following the Climate Action Summit. Hi, Sona. Thanks for having me. So what were the major takeaways from the Climate Summit?
3: Uh, Well, Greta's speech made a really strong start, and it's been all over social media. Uh, We've heard a mixture of commitments that were being made by world leaders on how to get to net zero carbon by 2050. Several countries announced that they're doubling their contributions to the Green Fund. And a lot of country leaders also took some time to go over many examples of what they've already accomplished to date. So everyone was
0: watching to see what climate activist Greta Thunberg was going to say. And she's 16 years old. She led a school walkout and march here in New York on Friday for young people. And she even took a zero-carbon sailboat here from Sweden for UNGA. How'd she do with the
3: climate summit? Greta definitely gave adults a serious shaming and spoke with great clarity on how they've been letting young people down in the world. Um, She mentioned things like how... Policymakers and world leaders are just touting a few technical solutions and really just continuing business as usual.
1: I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words,
0: and yet I'm one of the lucky ones. Wow, that is really riveting.
3: Yes, but she was also hopeful that adult leaders would actually do something this time and really let her raw emotions shine through.
0: If you really
1: understood the situation and still kept on failing to act, then
3: you would be evil and that I refuse to believe. So what does Greta want from adults? Well, at least one adult leader agreed with her, Pakistan's Prime Minister also expressed some worry that he thinks the world's not taking climate change seriously enough. Greta told global leaders she wants aggressive action now. And she was really critical of what she called the popular idea of cutting our emissions in half in 10 years, only giving us a 50% chance of staying below 1.5 degrees Celsius. She says that target isn't enough for her generation. How dare you pretend that this can be sold with just business as usual and some
0: technical solutions? So Greta's voice stood out as an activist giving a call to action, but the adults who spoke after her are heads of state and government. How is their tone different?
3: As I said earlier, world leaders gave us a long list of things they've already been doing or made commitments about what they want to do in the future. The biggest ticket items are fossil fuels and um, agricultural industry items. But we also heard smaller concessions being made um, in really long, drawn-out lists from some countries. One example of a country uh, who gave us a really long list of smaller items was Turkey's president. Uh, We heard things like railways usage, 4 billion trees being planted, zero-carbon emission buildings, but nothing on fossil fuels, or coal. So many global leaders spoke, but we're
0: going to highlight three female global leaders. First up was Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand's prime minister.
3: We have introduced to parliament the zero carbon bill. We are strengthening our emissions trading scheme to more effectively price climate pollution. Ardern's speech is emblematic of the summit. She discussed how her country and region are affected by climate change and what her country's done to combat it, what they plan to do. Beyond planting a billion trees by 2023, something that she had a big focus on was becoming the world's most sustainable food producer, which touches on the agricultural industry and giving the ability uh, for farmers to manage their own emissions on their farms.
0: Right. So New Zealand is an island nation in the Pacific, and one of the most fascinating parts of the summit for me was hearing from other small island nations about their experience with climate change and what they're doing.
3: Yeah, that brings me to our next female leader that we're highlighting, President Hine of the Marshall Islands. Uh, the Marshall Islands is a group of 34 islands and atolls in the Pacific Ocean. It's between Papua New Guinea and the International Dateline. Regarding climate change, Hine described her country similarly to other island nations, nations that are contributing some of the least greenhouse gas levels, yet are the most vulnerable to climate change. I
0: joined fellow Pacific Island Forum leaders in a forming that the climate crisis remains the single greatest threat to our regional security. That is why my government has submitted the resolution to our parliament to declare a national climate crisis, including to highlight the special circumstances we face as a low-lying Coral Atoll nation.
3: President Hine also talked about why else she feels personally invested, her baby granddaughter, and for the children of her island nation. She also said she especially wants women and youth to have a seat at the table.
0: And another woman who has a seat at the table is German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Sona, tell us what was going on at this point in the summit.
3: Well, President Modi of India was speaking right before Chancellor Merkel when President Trump walked in and sat down next to Vice President Mike Pence. This was a total surprise to everybody. He didn't say he was gonna come and he had, he didn't end up staying the whole time. I think he left maybe 15, 20 minutes um, right after Chancellor Merkel spoke. And so that means he was there for the entire time that Angela Merkel was speaking and heard her speech. And those of us watching the streaming online could see him clapping next to Pence right after her speech ended.
0: Wow. So when you hear what Chancellor Merkel said, you know, just I want listeners to imagine that they're sitting where President Trump was sitting, hearing her words from his perspective as the American president right now.
1: There can be no doubt whatsoever that climate change, global warming um, is primarily caused by human beings. And this is why we have to heed the advice of our scientific communities. It is a global challenge that can only be met if we stand together because we only have one planet. All of us together. So the yardstick for our action needs to be the Paris Climate Agreement, that puts down a framework um, that will allow us to limit global warming to 1.5 um, degrees. The industry.
3: Yeah, she was very clear about who she thinks is responsible: the industrialized nations, and exactly how the world needs to fix it. Sona, one of
0: the biggest criticisms of the UN is that it's all words, no action. But. This Climate Action Summit got a lot of attention, both here in the U.S. and
3: around the world. Is this time different? It's hard to measure the impact of a day of talks when it comes to such a large-scale issue, and climate affects almost every aspect of life on Earth. Even though most leaders took more than their allotted three minutes to speak, the commitments to actions being taken were not equal across the board. And there was a voice missing. The U.S. is one of the world's largest industrialized countries. So it matters that they didn't participate. But in terms of media attention and the voice of our youth, it feels like many people were listening in. We'll see what happens in the coming year. Sona, thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: So Greta Thunberg sort
1: of stole the show at the Climate Action Summit. But this year, women leaders are not really the ones making the headlines. Antonio Guterres made gender equality a priority for his term as secretary general. But Guterres making it a priority does not mean that each country at home focuses on the same thing. But we wanted to give some attention to the women who are here and who matter. I'm with Laura Kirkpatrick, a journalist for PassBlue. I think, Laura, that the first one we should talk about is Angela Merkel.
5: Angela Merkel is a great place to start. She doesn't traditionally attend UNGA, so her coming lent a lot of exposure to the Climate Action Summit and increased kind of awareness of the event. Not only that, but it's quite possibly her last GA. She said she's going to retire. So she was very, very warmly greeted and kind of celebrated. In part, people are very appreciative of what she's done for Western diplomacy in the last couple of years, as well as the way that Germany has sort of integrated refugees into its economy in a a way that can be held up as a model for other places. And one way to judge how warmly she was received was that while she didn't speak Tuesday when a lot of prominent world leaders did, she did attend the leaders' luncheon thrown by the secretary general and actually got to sit right next to him.
1: Well, that's a very meaningful decision from the Secretary General to sit next to her. And Merkel seemed to get along at this event with another woman's colleague, another leader, Jacinda Ardern of New Zealand. Ardern stole the show last year at UNGA by bringing her baby along with her.
5: What happened this year? She spoke on Tuesday, right? She spoke on Tuesday? If you were in New York City, it was a little after 9 o'clock at night. If you were in her hometown of Wellington, New Zealand... It was a little after one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I'm not quite sure whether that worked in her favor or not with jet lag, but there she was. She spoke about climate change. She also spoke about the Christchurch massacre, which happened earlier in this year, and used that not only as a way to bring gun control to the UN as an issue, but also global cooperation to ensure that massacres and, and violent extremism are thwarted before they can happen. So she didn't get up there and say, I'm going to talk about women and women's equality, but she did address issues that directly and indirectly affect women. Um, I think that one of the things she has done is use the popularity she gained last year to speak about women's issues outside of the UN.
1: That's indeed an interesting trend that we kind of witnessed at the high-level debate is that women don't address directly women's issue. Uh, Why do you think...
5: It is That's a really good question. It's kind of an enigma, and I think it, it's it's also the problem of which issue is pressing, which issue is the most likely to take hold. Uh, a lot of women spoke on climate change. Um, a lot of women spoke on technology. like Estonia's president used technology specifically as a way to bolster sources of economic income for women. But not a lot of women spoke specifically about gender equality beyond a, a nominal throwout to the need for gender equality. And I think that, that that's one of the problems that you run into at the UN is, one, there aren't a lot of women speaking. So should should we just look to the women to champion this, or should we look to everyone speaking? When 80% of your speakers are men, you'd hope that men like President Macron of France would spend a good time on what? women's equality means, both within his country and within terms of global cooperation. And
1: that's a trend that we did see this year, is that some men did champion uh, women's issues.
5: I asked the male Minister of Development Cooperation for Finland, Minister Skinari, why, as a man, he felt comfortable speaking on women's issues. And he said, the more people speaking on this, the stronger it will be. And we also saw that there were
1: many side events on women this year.
5: Yeah, but those are all on the
1: side.
0: True. Thank you, Laura. Thank you very much. This episode was produced by me, Casey Candela, with help from Brianna Lyman, and reported by Stephanie Fillion, Sona Lee, and Laura Kirkpatrick for PassBlue, an independent, women led media site covering the United Nations and global affairs. Dulcie Leimbach is our editor, AI Digital created our podcast logo, and our music is by Poddington Bear.
1: A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted. And PassBlue is covering the important news, from women's rights to human rights to the Trump effect on the UN. For day-to-day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And to subscribe to our newsletter, go to PassBlue.com.
0: PassBlue's in-depth and exclusive stories and this podcast are possible with the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York, The New School, and listeners like you. To show your support, visit PassBlue's website and click Donate. Unscripted is available wherever you find
1: podcasts. If you like today's show, please rate us on iTunes and share with all your friends.